Like I'm I'm struggling to figure out what I'm gonna do with three live service games. It's just the way it is. I don't know how you can do that. I don't know. How I, don't, do I don't think I am. That's the reality of it. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 201, brought to you by the OG Podcast Network. Uh, how are you guys doing? I am Trip Zero. I'm here with my other host, Neo Yoshi. How Neo are you? Neo Yoshi, what's up? Not much, man. And we're here with a special guest, Diamond Jab. How are you, Diamond Jab? Hey, what's up, buddy? Not much, man. Uh, no Locke or Felix tonight. They're actually on an emergency mission to service the Hubble telescope. I uh, had a last minute, you know. Godspeed. Emergency rocket up there. So Godspeed and good luck on your mission, boys. Um, we got a good episode for you guys tonight. We're doing a weekly catch-up, of course, what we're getting into, what we've been up to. And then uh, some news. THQ Nordic talking to some interesting people on the internet. We have a, uh, a big Nintendo news week to wrap up. And then we'll dive into uh, Anthem, see where that's at after its official release weekend. And then talk about kind of the current state of live, uh, live service games, especially in 2019. Hell yeah. So, Neil, let's start with you. What you been up to? Well, uh, a few things. I'm not like diving into any like main major games. I've been, I've been playing a lot of Apex, but not going to talk mm. about Apex today. Um, I played a whole bunch of Tetris 99. Oh yeah, which is the crazy. Okay, so last last week we talked about what happened on the um, Nintendo Direct. The, the, the direct, yeah, yes. the big direct. They the had. big direct last week, and they they, they like the dropped right there the Tetris game and. So for people that are listening, yeah. this is a Tetris Battle Royale. It's crazy. Where you try to be the last surviving person who has not been knocked out of a Tetris game yet. Yeah, and it's it's crazy the way it works, too, because you load into a game. You you need an internet connection because it's all online. That, that's the whole game. Free, by the way. If you have the Nintendo subscription service, totally download free. It. Yeah. Um, so you hop into a game, and it pairs you up, and you see all the other the Tetris stages of everyone else's around you. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially playing Tetris until you can um, uh, knock other people out. And you do this by creating two Tetris lines or more. And the more Mm. you do, uh, it'll send garbage blocks over to everyone else's sides. So I was, I have a question about this actually already for you. I was watching my roommate play a little bit and I have it downloaded, but I haven't actually dove in. Can you control who you target? You can. Or who you send these things to? You can? Yes. There are different settings. So you can manually target people on the board. Or you oh, can God. set it to like random, or you can set it to uh, people with the most badges, and you get a and you get a badge by knocking out other players. So you'll target mm-hmm. people who are knocking out people, um, or you can set it to whoever is targeting you. So if you have someone targeting you, you can flip it right back on them and send garbage their way. And you, uh, it's it's like any other Tetris game, except as you knock as people get knocked out, you hit the fifty mark, and then it speeds up the game. So then it gets even faster. Of course. And the garbage gets, it, comes, it just starts flowing in. Um, and honestly, the, the, one of my favorite parts about it is this like 90s techno remix that they made of the Tetris theme. That like, they made the original like much. Russian. Yeah. yeah. And it's theme. like, and mm-hmm. it's got, it's like, like beat to it. And it's, yeah. it's like real, it's like real club, club uh, Tetris remix. Um, and wow. then it speeds up. So as, as the game, as you get better, it speeds up and, Mm-hmm. 
yeah it adds to the pressure of tetris and man it it really makes you it gives you those adrenaline rushes that tetris i did not know could give you because you are competing with other people and it adds this have whole you, new layer to tetris it's crazy have you gotten a uh, a tetris chicken dinner yeah no, whatever I that not. the closest uh, yeah. i've been tetris I, chicken dinner i know like that yum <laughs> yum tetris dinner yeah. uh the closest i've been was uh 16 so I got to 16 oh, before okay. I dropped down. So top 20. Got Not a bad. screenshot. I got a screenshot of that. And that is so far the best I've done. Yeah. Have to. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, fun game. Nice, really, rec- really recommend it. Um, the next thing yeah, I've been I, doing. I'm, yeah. I have it scooped. I just got to actually start yeah, it. Do it, man. Um, it's really fun to just play like a round of it for like, I don't know. You can play it a little bit and throw it away. It's great. I don't like, It's more Tetris with a twist. I love it. Love. I, I do love Tetris. I love puzzles and shit. Yeah, this is yeah. not new information. Uh, yeah, the next thing, um, I've been spending a lot more time in Division One. So, um, and I've been meaning to play this with you, with you, Diamond. But I, I honestly like my my schedule's been all over the place past two yeah. weeks. Um, the snow day we had last week, we had a nice little snowstorm. I spent mm-hmm. the whole day uh, trying to unlock the uh, shields that they. The shield, been, yeah. yeah. Um, so I ran through. Um, they were running a global event, which was actually pretty sweet. Um, the global event was. Uh, it's this, when, when a global event happens, it affects the whole city combat wise. Um, so this event specifically was any gun you had when you reloaded it, it would change the elemental damage on your gun. So you would either do like Mm, fire or, or I guess acid or, um, some, some other kind of damage, like a bleeding damage or something like that. Um, how long do these events last? Generally a modifiers, two weeks. I believe um, I don't I, I could be wrong, but it's it's at least a week. I'm pretty sure because division has a reset period just like destiny does. So they have daily missions and they have weekly missions that you can partake mm-hmm. in. Um, and I believe this could have been a week or two weeks. And I'm I'm sorry. I just happened to log in on the day that this was going on. So yeah, yeah. typically they're about a week, about a week. OK, typically cool. they're about a week. Um, so I ended up doing all these legendary missions to to finish that. And it was a breeze. Um, because of the global event was giving you that like advantage and my character build is specifically formed around me doing more damage to fire enemies or or against enemies on fire. I use the, uh, fire start or the fire. I don't know what it's called. It's the fire build. It's the fire crest fire crest. That's it. Yeah. I use a, I use a fire crest set. So it's pretty fun. You, you build, you tailor your build to, I, I throw, um, the fire turret and I throw the, uh, the little, grenade ball that rolls at you and it does the fire it it like carpet fires an area when you when it explodes um yeah. and then once i shoot enemies i do more damage to enemies on fire so that's that's pretty much my build um how that goes that's probably going to be my biggest question going into destiny 2 is like i really or division 2 yeah, thank yeah. you i like i really fell in love with like the builds i ran a um i think it's the lone star set that right. was it's an lmg set uh, and it says you are going to be a character and your role is constant nonstop DPS. Mm-hmm. So the way it works is typically you could rock. Uh, it's good for shotguns, but it's really good for like high clip LMGs because what you would do is the moment you put a weapon away and you take the other one out, it immediately reloads the clip of the one that you put away. So there's yeah. no instance where you have to stop shooting other than pulling out a gun. That is the only break you cool. take. Yeah, it's, it's it. That's the only break you take. It's, and I do have that build as well in my loadout. It's yeah. nuts when you see it uh, in like 
Uh, I think it's uh, which one is which one is the APC tank? Is that Dragon's Nest? Uh, oh, the incursion. The the, the incursion. I, I can't remember which so. incursion it is, but there's like an APC tank in the middle, and it's like 14 waves of armor that you have to sit through. But once that damage phase comes out, you I can just sit there and just shoot this thing all day long and not have to worry about anything. Now, mind mm. you, that leaves me. I can build around that by saying, hey, I want to I want to focus on uh, I want to use this and have it be even more beneficial when I'm in cover mm-hmm. uh, or have it be so even more beneficial. What skills did break you pair stuff. with that uh, build? So I actually paired. um uh, uh I think it's not smart cover. It's the it's the one you can actually place Mo- down. Mobile cover, yeah. Mobile mobile mm-hmm. cover. So I did I did mobile cover That's and cool. I did yeah. um and I did pulse uh with extra crit damage because I had crit rolls on my LMGs. Yeah, and as you're uh, as you're putting more bullets and things, as I'm putting more bullets in, up, the, yeah. crit, the crit chance just goes up. So beautiful. Uh I think the the two there are uh there was a I think it's the alpha set. I can't remember which one it is, where like the first stack uh of two pieces you put on increases reload speed. So I that was my other two pieces. Man. Uh Division, but that's the man. thing I enjoyed. It it had builds that like and Division was not overly I mean, it was complex, but like the builds just made sense. It, like when you read it, it was like, yeah, this is what it does. And the, and the best like, thing okay. about Division was like you could take your guns in this build and go, OK, now I want a magazine that will have high ammo because exactly. I want the yeah, high yeah, ammo yeah. and I'll increase stability because I'm holding the trigger down. So like you could you could like really dive into the builds that you're creating with the mods and different yeah. roles on the gear and the different roles on the guns like and you can recalibrate gun scat stats that's that is honestly my favorite part of building out division characters because it's just can, re-rolling stuff yeah yeah you could you can really like nail down what your build is as you play and they keep throwing loot at you so it just becomes like this exercise and like okay is this piece of the the lone star gear better than this piece and yeah oh it's it's such a cool what, watching thing. dudes who run sniper builds for precision hits mm. and they're like fully taking away the armor of a named boss blows my mind i have because yet to see something like that happen it's That's crazy it's the, it's the best example of like the the beautiful thing about division as a whole is that you can always figure out how to get to where you see another player is at yeah there there's nothing really stopping you from doing that the 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 hard part is figuring out the most efficient way to get there yep and that's what I enjoy the most about it is, okay, if I am watching someone streaming this game and I see their build and I go like Firecrest, for example, the first time I saw the turret build and it just melting away uh, armor, I was like, I need to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is it's not impossible for me to get there. It's just a matter of me figuring out, okay, what do I need to do to get there? And that's the best part about it. It's yeah. it kind of, it reminds me of like, um, I, I say Path of Exile, but it's it's not quite the example. But Path of Exile's skill tree is substantial. When you look at it for the first time, it's intimidating. It is Final but, Fantasy X's grid sphere on yes, crack. It is just on crack. blown up crazy. To, the, to the max, yeah. But the thing that I love about it is, is if you're playing it casually, a quarter of the way through your campaign, you could decide to change the way you want your character to be. Mm-hmm. You could go, you know what? I don't really want to be an archer anymore. I kind of want to have magic. And you could just divert your direction to the other side of the skill tree. 
with and no dude, loss of benefit. No real yeah. loss of benefit. You're still getting the perks that you had before. Uh, it's just a matter of strategically figuring out how to get there. And that's the thing that I enjoy the most is if I want to change on a dime what I want to be, you can absolutely do that. The vision is phenomenal. The best thing the vision possibly could have done was create their loadout screen because that was a late late addition to the game yeah which would let you save like gear sets that you could switch to and honestly yeah. as soon as that happened i was like fuck yes now i can if i want to roll with the you know the uh, dn3 set or whatever oh it's the, it's the, the, the portable shield, shield the so ballistic that, yeah, yeah that's yeah. my alt my alt build that i like to roll with because it's i can get in the face of people it feels really good to like, you're not just hiding behind cover you are now in the face of the enemies um it's a whole different way of playing and I'm I'm not gonna lie, uh, playing all this division right now is getting me real pumped for Division Two. Yeah, um, we're close. We're, we're real close. It's it's there. This I'm weekend excited. is the next beta test, and they dropped a new trailer today. I know I'm I'm going like sideways step into the news here, but they dropped the year uh, their year one plan trailer today, and I gotta say like they're they've it fe- the game's not out yet, but I feel like they're really taking their lessons. Uh, from Division One, and I know this is a quote that we've like said constantly, but um, after they released their like patches on the previous, they, they they the previous beta, they released a new patch list that that it will be of changes for this weekend upcoming, and it really like to me it shows like a really deep understanding for the community and what uh, the kind of communication that we want to see out of games like this. Um, yeah. I'm I I know I'm like I'm like heavily in the pocket of deep division right now, but <laughs> playing division I mean, one is just like, I'm like, damn this, this game yeah. right now, it feels yeah. really great. And I think everyone has a lane that they like to live in yeah. gameplay, you know, and, and that's yours and it's exciting to play with friends and I'm excited to play it as well. We just, we, we will see how they roll out the main game. So are you, are you diving into a trip? I didn't actually know if you were. Oh, cool. I own oh, the game. I own the, I think I own the year of whatever garbage one thing yeah. that concerned me concerned me about division two were their end game specializations that they were doing. Cause they're, it kind of felt like to me as if they were pigeonholing uh, you into a certain group. Um, like, you know, I think the ones that are announced are like sharpshooter survivalist and uh, demolition. I think are, are from the, you're saying the choices you had as when you play the demo the last time yes. this was active. Yes. And I believe that that, was like pre the demo. That's like, they're like, these are the three specializations that you can mm-hmm. pick when you reach the end game, which, which was pretty much their pitch for these three things. Right. And yeah, the specializations are, are what I'm interested in the most. Well, I actually, I had some concerns about it because I was like, well, I don't want to be pigeonholed into these specific groups. I want to be able to change my play style. Flexibly on the fly. change. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be locked into it. You know, we, we don't know. Same right. thing with any of these other games. We just, until that's what until I was it's March fifteenth, like, I don't, don't know. know if this is something you can like respec on the fly, like you can loadouts in Division One. I don't know, but it is definitely something I'm interested in. And then today they announced three new ones coming out later this year, and what that tells me is, oh, they are offering these as like quick class swaps almost, um, mm-hmm. and you'll be able to switch. To the, that that's like kind of like what I took away from that. I was like, okay. If you're going to offer these later, I'm not going to make a new character. I, I'll be able to swap these things on the fly and try out these different specializations that they're offering. Right. Um, I do hope we're over the trend of having to play a campaign multiple times to level up a character. We're, we're not. 
I can promise you already that we're not going to be. I mean, I, I played the campaign of Division four times now. I mean, and it was the first time it was on PS4 when 1.0 came out. Like when the when it first. It's ironic because I yeah. I only created one character in the division. I never felt an obligation to create multiples. PC I made I made two and then I started a third. So, yeah, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of times to go through it. But I have loved every second of it. it. Again, we're going to be doing it again. I'm excited for DC. Two. I'm excited for it. But yeah, that's yeah, what but I've we're been all doing. be starting at the same time. So. That'll but be yeah, cool. it's that's be the advantage. Better and easier. Yeah. Also, yeah. one thing I'm hoping that they did say they're changing this, but level scaling among leveling needs to be a thing when you're grouping up. Yeah. Because in Division 1, if you were if you were without outside of 5 levels of your friend, you could not successfully join their group and survive. It yep. always scaled to the highest level person. Puck and I couldn't play together. Yeah. Puck really got the game for me in a very lock-ish kind of move and uh we couldn't play together because he was so far ahead of me. Yeah. It sucks, and I believe they did say they're doing level scaling this time. So the lower person will either be brought up and they'll You'll still get gear according to your normal level. Like you'll still you'll still be able to play with your friends, no matter what the disparity is there. But yeah, so I'm still gonna be playing a lot of division. That is that is my plan. I'm enjoying New York right now and all the guns and playing with builds. And yeah, that's what I'm doing. I will miss New York. I will. It's a great environment for the game. It um, is. Philly for Division Three. Hashtag hashtag. Philly. I hope so, man. Division Three. All right. That's all I'll we'll make the case. We'll make the case on a different part of the uh, different part of the podcast, the live service part of the podcast. Uh, Diamond, what you been up to, man? What you been doing this week? So uh, I had a meltdown recently. Oh, oh no. God. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going to talk about this a little later. But so earlier in the week, uh, we played Anthem and I was enjoying it for the most part. Uh, and I had Destiny on reset day and I'm trying to find time for the division and like I'm, I'm struggling to figure out what I'm going to do with three live service games. It's just the way it is. I don't know how you can do that. I don't know. How I, I, do I don't think I am. That's the reality of it. <laughs> I don't think this, I this am. a nice filter period of months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's to figure out the what's what of what's going on. Um, and I kind of realized, you know what? I'm just I'm losing my mind over this. Like I'm, I'm pulling whatever hair I have left out to do this. Uh, let me just stop altogether. Uh, I'm I'm putting a, a hard cut on my service games, uh, and I'm going to play something else. And uh, I started Dragon Quest Eleven today uh, because I couldn't I couldn't wait anymore for it to come out on Switch, even after it was announced on Switch, because Steam had it on sale and it was really oh, good. Duh. I, yeah, I think Steam, you play this on Switch, but yeah, it's not even out on Switch. No, nah, no, nah, it's not even out on it's Switch. Announced I got like it last on week. Yeah, yeah, wow. I got it on Steam, and uh, I got it cheap. And I like it. Like, I like the art style, which is uh, like uh, we were making fun of it a majority of the time because it's all Dragon Ball Z art style and stuff like that. But it's the artist, it's scratching the, the it's literally, well, the yeah, it's yeah, the it's artist. Toriyama, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's Toriyama. Um, but it, it's like I don't know what it is about a game like this where it doesn't force you to do anything. And it's very odd for a JRPG because for JRPGs, you kind of I, I, I take it back to something like your classic Final Fantasies or even some of the ones that landed on the um, on the Xbox 360, like Lost Odyssey and even Blue Dragon, which came from from him as well. Like it doesn't force me to do anything. Uh, I don't have to talk to every single person. Uh, it kind of gives you a general. OK. A, a character will say, all right, hey, 
I understand you're leaving today. Uh, This is where the exit is. And if I want to go to uh, a store and buy items, if I want to just straight leave, I can do that. There aren't those small kind of obligatory story beats like that kind of story beats. Yeah. Like, like where you get trapped uh, in an area and it's like, you got to do this and find this person. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm obligated to stay in the city because there's someone, I don't know who that I need to talk to. So talk, so talk to this town and find where you need to go. Yeah. 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 Um, and then once I got into the open area, uh, I was, I, I was taken back because they gave you a horse to ride on. But they also uh, they there are no like random encounters. There are just enemies everywhere. Hmm. You instigate the fight. Oh, got it. And do you I go into a battle I, mode, or do you just fight them on the spot like an action RPG? No, I just go up and uh, think think of like a more classic RPG where I can hit them and get a preemptive strike does to it, start. But does it like start, take you out of the, bat, it, the adventure field into a battlefield? No, it actually keeps you in the same place. Cool. Uh, but you get your readouts, you, your health, your but, magic. Yeah, your, there's your like a limited or area. Yeah. Uh, but it it's keeps you in that game. area. Um, but the the thing that took me back and the I guess the one thing I'd, I I have to see more of the open area uh, because I went straight to like a castle and there was like a city near the castle and there's a bunch of shit to do there. But the thing I couldn't wrap my head around was if I'm in this open area and you give me the horse and I can ride, how much of the time do I want to spend riding to my location and exploring versus battling and building HP? Or building XP, building experience, because there's nothing that really stops you. If I'm on the horse and I just want to ride, I can do that and skip every single enemy that's around me. Does or that, I have to physically get off and 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 start a fight? I so guess the question is: Is are you skipping things to your detriment later in the game? Exactly. Or, or like so I was, this, yeah. Go ahead. My internal RPG ticker goes now. Nah, I got to get off and fight these guys. But like they they respawn like the idea is for this area to be filled with enemies, but there's no real marker as to how long I should be spending fighting dudes in this area unless I just get bored out of my mind and go, yeah, okay, I'll move on to the next place. Um, So there there wasn't really any kind of like I was treating it as uh, let me fight until I level up, which is a great idea in the beginning. It's a horrendous idea at the end when uh, uh, the XP I need is you know, 6,000 to get to the next level. And I'm only earning 20 to 50 XP at a time. I'm going to spend forever in this one area. So that, that strategy, that strategy doesn't necessarily apply anymore. So that was a weird experience for me. And I'm interested to see as I get into a more refined open area, as the story kind of progresses, if it gives me an idea of what I should and shouldn't be doing um, in terms of that exploration versus, um, uh, versus kind of building my character. Uh, so, so that was, I only played it for four hours, and that's about as much as I, I came from it. Are you, uh, are you worried that eventually this open format is going to be too open to, to guide you properly in this kind of game, or are you just I, overall excited for it and looking to really fear, find your cadence specifically? My fear is that if you, if you continue to remain undefined in two separate play styles, they're never going to mesh together. Is this so my fear is that I'm going to get later and I'm still not really going to know how to treat my open world aspects. Mm-hmm. If I get to a linear section, then yeah, I'm going to fight whatever's in front of me and kind of move on. But if I'm traveling from place to place, I really don't know how to spend this time efficiently. Mind you, because I've only played for a certain amount of time and I don't know if that's introduced later, 
But if they continue to remain detached, the exploration versus the enemies, then I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. It's kind of like, um, Neil, you'll like this. It's kind of like Final Fantasy 15. Okay. In a sense that Final Fantasy 15 projected itself as an open world experience. But if I wanted to get in the car and drive from point A to point B, the game is not going to alert you that you need to get out the car and go fight things. It's not going to tell you to stop. It's well, not going to position something in front of you to like 15 always uh, gives you like a waypoint. You're like, I'm going to go to this waypoint, just like any other open world game, any other open world game. Yeah. Now, what it eventually did was it had missions that were dedicated to the introduction of side missions. Hmm. And so you said, OK, this is how I get my side mission or this is how I get um, uh, 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 this is how I get this bound to your contract. So then I could go, okay, what do I want to accomplish versus what I'm, what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm too early in, in this game to know if it's going to introduce that, but it already introduced the open world area to me like early on. So now I'm in this area and I just don't know what to, what, what to do with it, nor do I know if the game is even going to tell me what to do with it. So that's really my only, let me ask you this. If you were to yeah. like not play this game for like five days, just let's just say a week, five days, whatever. If you were to like boot it back up, would you just be like, what was I doing? Where, who was I talking to? What was the last thing a I little experienced? Bit. I, I would know what I was doing from a main campaign standpoint. But like if there were people in the town that I've talked to, like the towns are very bustling. They're very lively. They're, they are full of citizens that are moving from place to place and they're having conversations with one another. So I could theoretically go, I have no idea if I've talked to this person yet or not. If I left it five days and then I came back in and I'm like, Who are you? I, I Who think are you? I talked to this person. Now, mind you quest people have like quest symbols above their head. So like, it's fairly obvious that they might have something, but I don't know if uh, I, I, I just have to see more of it. And so this is not a criticism more than it is. I'm interested to see what this game as an RPG does in terms of introducing things. Uh, I had a dude in my chat earlier who goes by the name Angry. Uh, and he was like, um, the reason I like this game is because it's not Blue Dragon. And I was like, well, Blue Dragon was very linear. So if it's not that... What exactly am I getting in a form of progression that is meaningful for both the narrative and my character? Mm. That's what I'm interested to see. So we'll see for the most part. The only other thing I'm playing is on the Nintendo Switch. For some reason, a, a, a year later, I cannot stop playing South Park, the fractured what? butthole. I cannot <laughs> stop playing it a year later. I don't get it. Is it from a... If from a strategy standpoint, it's like Final Fantasy Tactics. I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty. Like I, oh, you pro South Park player. I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, it's again for people who don't know. If you're a fan of South Park, you're gonna like this game. If you're not, you're probably not gonna like this game. But I was in the middle area of having not really experienced South Park in my life before, uh, and was playing it, and it was hilarious. And the 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 battles are interesting and mix and matching different characters and elemental abilities and how many grids each attack takes up in terms of the wow. enemies. And there are enemies with like. Uh, timers in the middle of of battles. So regardless of how, if I take too long to choose an attack, South it's going to attack with a regardless. Deep 
combat yes, system? It's like a what? deep system. I'm like, what am I playing right now? Uh, and it was, it was, I remember, uh, shout out to GSM. When I did GSM, I was like, this is up there for my games of the year because I just can't stop playing it. It's not perfect, but it's, it's sneaky and it's damn good. Uh, and so later on, uh, I got this email that said, Hey, uh, if you purchased, uh, the fracture butthole on switch, we are giving you the season pass as a thank you to fans. And wow. I was like, it, it had two stories and like this, this, uh, the danger deck They were making fun of X-Men and it was just like random danger instances deck. that you could go in and fi- it's crazy. And I started playing it today and I was, I was like, I completely forgot how much I love this game and it's on switch. So like my wife is like, I'm playing it in bed and I'm playing it docked on the TV and the frame rate on the switch is, is it drops pretty substantially, but um, but like it blows my mind why I enjoy this game and it's a lot of fun. So, uh, that's the only other thing I'm playing. It's, man. it's cool. Switch man, bringing games to everyone. It's great. <laughs> Someone's Love like 2018. It. Will it come to the switch? 2019. It's on the, it's switch. On the switch, baby. <laughs> that's honestly the question. That's the most important question. <laughs> All right. Trip. I mean, what about you, buddy? I mean, for my week, it's, it's been primarily the switch as Woo! well. Um, Along a JRPG road, just like Diamond, I've been playing Final Fantasy Nine, like deep into Final Fantasy Nine, like taking the game apart in a way that I never did when I first played it as a kid. Like talking to every single person, finding all the secrets, doing the chocobo digging, little treasure hunt thing. There's a, a mini side game where you actually can ride a chocobo, dig up things in a forest for a minute, and you can find special stones that give you like a map location, like a shittier picture of somewhere on the actual overmap. You got to go find these treasures and things. And then the more you find, the more you can upgrade your like Chocobo's ability to walk over different terrain and run around the whole world and and stuff like that. How, how is the game? Cause this is the only PS one game I did not play of Mm -hmm. of the final fantasies. How does this, I know people like love this game and I, and it's it's weird that I never played it. I don't know why played a seven and eight. What makes this one like so awesome to just go back to rather than like seven or eight. Um, it's the first time that I've done this, like a full dive back in outside of like a little stint on the Vita that I fell off on, you know, a couple years back. Um, but the game had this kind of magic even when it came out because they used a lot of design elements from classic Final Fantasy games. And it was almost seen like a return to form of Final Fantasy from like a uh, visual and art style, uh, even a story perspective. Cause like, like, Six introduced like technology ish into the story. Seven was like full on modern steampunk ish. Yeah. Steampunk, yeah. futurish, modernish. Uh same with eight. And eight's story was like very human focused besides, you know, like a sorcerer and some other wacky shit. I mean it's a Final Fantasy game. But like besides there were the kids going to school. You know, like stuff yeah. like that. We're just hear a bunch of kids in class. Um so when nine came out, they were like, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna have um the princess main character, like she was dressed in her in the art work for the game like in a white mage hood with like the red detailing around the rim mm. like the black mage character like was wearing the the pointed hat and the blue cloak from like final fantasy one like all oh, these he's characters just, he's just had, the like, eyes just yeah. the eyes yeah, yeah they had like very intentional designs to invoke your like your whole final fantasy memories if you played more than just like the most recent ones so it brought a lot of people in that maybe didn't play the newer ones because like eh, i kind of like the the old style so it created this like immediate fandom and the game actually came out and delivered like 
story-wise was really good. It was well-written. Dialogue was great. Dialogue was even localized great. Like, there's just, there's great scenes in the game. Um, of course, every year got better and better at, like, FMVs. And this was just a really impressive last PS1 game. Because the next one, being 10, was the first PS2 game. And that, of course, changed Full, everything. Fully voiced, 3D Fantasy, models, yeah. yeah. Um, um, can you give me the like elevator pitch for like the story of Final Fantasy IX? Because I literally know nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Which is unfortunate. Good to hear. It's gonna be great. Just like, just yeah, like me... the elevator. Having pitch. played it, I'm very. Like, excited how to do it. you? Yeah, I was like, how do you? How do you do this? Final game. I'm trying to think of like a just the main character. Main... Oh, God. All right. <laughs> What's the I conflict know. of the world? What is what? Are, right. What Here's... are you? What are you doing? What's I'm just going to put you right in, right in the middle of the action. It's going to cool. frame yeah, I'm, what you do. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's uh, go. You Let's play go. as Zidane, who is a uh, a monkey-tailed human character. Not really important, but just wanted to give you the visual here. This is like some Journey um, to the West stuff right here. You're part of like like a thief troop, right? Okay. Like, a, like a thief, but also performing like a, like like a, a, it's like a performing troop, troop like a traveling, awesome. you know, traveling troop of performers that also happens to steal things. Um, you go in to a secret mission to perform a play for the uh, the crown city of Alexandria, but also steal the princess Ooh. for some other nefarious uh, plot that we don't know about yet. Turns out uh, the princess wants to go with you because that's she's got some shit going on. Yeah, that's right in the beginning. This is like the, like the very beginning of the game. Yeah, it's like the and first five minutes. You end up on a wild goose chase of intrigue and different plots to take over the world being foiled and then other plots come into play when you think this other plot's being wrapped up and who you thought was the big bad is even an even bigger big bad and uh kind of yeah, like pretty- like edna i'm sorry and edna and the other sorceress oh, i'm thinking of uh idea from eight from eight yeah and there's like yeah, another sorceress pulling her strings which is yeah kind of twist the uh, twisty like yeah wow that's crazy that is crazy um but no it's, it's pretty good the characters are like very well written very like hard there's like there's like a subplot of um, the black mage character is Vivi. Yep. And you get you start I'm getting attacked Vivi, by black really mages really that look like Every, him. Vivi. Like there's these like these automated black mage like robots that are just attacking you and you you stumble into a, a facility that's making them. And like Vivi is going through this like existential crisis. But you're like, dude, I know it's fucked up. We're going to figure out what's going on. But we got to like move ahead. Like there's still the other thing we're worried about. So like they packed all of these well written and like well addressed plot points into the main plot point. It was like a very yes. just like engaged story it on multiple like levels. The characters are also a huge focus too, just like fleshing mm-hmm. them out yeah. and making them yeah, making you sure. really like feel for them. That's cool. Here's the thing. I, I feel like nine was one of the first games where they wrote the characters first, first. Oh. and then inserted them into the narrative they wanted. A lot could, of times yeah, it's sure. the other way around. <laughs> if you look at game companies and, and you look at writers as a whole, what they do um uh what they do is they write the overarching narrative and they make it incredibly broad and they give you all the details and then they just kind of insert characters in mm-hmm. uh, this character that we have here let's go ahead and insert him there but rather it feels like they fleshed out these backstories they're like they're very emotional they're very intricate the relationships they have with people are very meaningful and then it just so happens that they all happen to be in this overarching narrative. So it feels very character driven, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man. It's pretty cool. And it's got this like throwback vibe because the world is like yeah. classic looking, you know, it's like medieval ish with a 
special charm like to swords it. and thing. knights and yeah yeah it's like castles there's, there's yeah castles there's like shit the, yeah you run into the, <laughs> the mist is what like produces monsters but also people make machines that run off mist but they're transitioning into steam power which of course is water and and it's a lot safer and things like that you know so they're like at this weird turn of their own century kind of situation everyone's coming from different walks of life and coming together and beggar and king are working together to save the world and it's very like you know homegrown feels like in a weird way wow not as not as techie as the other ones like a more heartfelt kind of story it's cool it's been a lot of fun i literally can't do anything else but play this game like it's got my full attention again dude have you have you been streaming it i've not i've not been but i almost did me and diamond were streaming the other day and we Trying to play Anthem. I'd watch it. We were having our. We were, we were trying we were to play Destiny. Our crisis. Like, <laughs> it was literally like like a glitch I've never experienced in one of the strikes, where like an elevator is supposed to pull you to an area, literally wasn't functioning. We had to quit the strike. All these games were just giving us so many problems, and we're just like, I don't want to play any of these, let alone this kind of game. I'm gonna go play just Final Fantasy and eat dinner. And I was like, you know, maybe I should just stream this. You should. I would watch it. Had a great time. I would watch yeah. it. Had a great. Would you guys want to dr- jump into that into that topic now? Are you ready for it? Oh, the this is going the topic, the news, the any, news into the any of the, the topics. What's the any of the, the? They're all great. I mean, let's do the THQ Nordic uh, discussion. Here. All right, let's, let's dive get, right in with that. It's over with. Is that really like a discussion? <laughs> I think it's more of a highlight of something that happened. Yeah, that's true. We're gonna, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna right. help uh, perpetuate the message Gap to the do your goddamn research everyone all the time do you want would you like to just give like the overview of the situation or or Uh, yeah here's 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 the overview thq nordic did an ama which is an ask me anything uh the problem is they did this on a website called 8chan and if you don't know 8chan it's like a uh image post neither does thq reply (laughs) problem with uh 8chan (laughs) is that it's the center to a lot of questionable things and gatherings on the internet they pretty much That's the overarching there's, overview. There's pretty much no filter on H Chan. Eight Chan, you can pretty much nothing say or do whatever you want, and um, that has repercussions on a place where you're anonymous, like the internet. Um, so for THQ Nordic to like go, oh, we're gonna do an AMA there. It's it's fine. They are not like Reddit AMAs, which are heavily moderated and they're heavily contained for the most part. Um, like Bill Gates did a AMA last week on Reddit, which was pretty awesome. No child pornography there. That was great. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but now why do you mention that? Why was that call out? Because, yeah, is that because you might find something like that on on HN. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious. Seems like seems like not the place you'd want to have a discussion as like a company that makes things in the world pretty much above board. You know, they make products and things they want to sell to people and have a public image that's respectable. They have investor interests you know, and and different yeah. um public facing. You know, they're a company. They're like they're like your 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 uh, Activisions and your Blizzard kinda. They they publish right. and make games. So even even let's say the people that enjoy these games may not, you know, feel the need or the desire to get involved with some really fucked up shit, which you could accidentally brush elbows with in a place like HN. Now I, I should say that THQ Nordic is a very weird company because mm-hmm. they are not actually THQ. Which is the THQ you pro- you may remember from ten years ago, being the guys who published the original Darksiders, and I think they did the Red Faction games. They did the Saints Row games. 
they did were all like, the wrestling games. All the yeah, wrestling games. They so filed, what's the uh, what's the difference? They filed for bankruptcy. THQ filed for bankruptcy in 2012 after the release of Darksiders 2. Um, okay. They were also at the time making a product called UDraw, um, mm-hmm. and that failed miserably. That that actually was probably one of the uh, one of the investor calls that was like one of the stated things that probably caused them to go under and file file for Chapter 11. So what they ended up doing was selling off all of their properties, and a bunch of companies picked them up. But this one company came in called Nordic or something Nordic. like that uh, along those lines. Yep. They came in and they just started buying up, snatching properties, um, like left and right, like all these THQ properties. And from there, they also bought other properties from other companies that have been dormant for years. But mm-hmm. in this case, they bought like... 80% of their catalog right now, or 80 to 90, I is want to say, the old THQ. is the old THQ library. Um, they haven't released many games. They put out Darksiders 3, and I there was like another one that they put out. don't remember it right now, but they really haven't put games out as much as, um, I guess, other companies. They, they, have mm-hmm. said, they said that they have like 40 games in development right now. So, so far, all we've witnessed is them snatching up to snatching up IPs and and putting and working on stuff and working on stuff and they put out like Darksiders 3 was like their biggest thing I I off the top of my head that's like the It is thing the biggest thing they've put out. They've put out so far. Um and here they are doing like like oh we're going to be cool internet people. We're going to go on 8chan and see like and like mingle with that's, that's mingle with the fans, the you only, know? The only thought process from the person who decided this, and I, I'm going to get his and it, name. I it was, was it was a guy. Uh, description right here. Article is here. Uh, Philip Philip Brock looks like yes. he was the person in charge of this decision, um, but he even admits in this write up on Kotaku that he didn't really look into this, and he kind of dropped <gasps> the ball on doing his due diligence, uh, is what he said. Um, and he definitely was like, you know what, I can do this, and it's got cred for our uh, company for being on the cool internet sites where the kids are, and. Uh, can I read part part of his apology that I have here? Please, because please. I think it'll 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 generously frame the amount that he like overlooked Got before doing to... this. Yeah. He said, "I personally agree to this AMA without doing my proper due diligence. Uh, I do not condone child pornography, white supremacy, or racism in any shape or form." And you're like, "These are all why things." Would that he are... ha- why would he say that specifically? These are the things that you do on HN if you hang exactly. out there regularly. Um, I... Go ahead. Can I make a bold statement? Yeah. Is it is it bold or is this going to be a regular statement? That, no, this is a bold can... statement. This is what happens when, in my opinion, someone does not get what Devolver Digital does very well. Huh. Right? That's not Devolver, a bold statement. Yeah. Devolver Digital does bold very well. My man said, this was not about being edgy. edgy. This blew up and I very much regret it. No, it's about being edgy. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. They wanted- and there are some companies that do it very well. There's that's also that's kind of that's kind of a good point it might have been like a subplot of this where he knew exactly what he was getting into and then if people were like dude know, oh, this is cool or like it really worked or, uh, out uh, like, yeah, it. We're, look now know, we're now you know. we're in headlines because we did something real wacky that no other company would I mean, do they had the benefit of the doubt of being able to say oh it was it's a mistake my bad you know like that line that everyone always throws out like someone gets pissed mm-hmm. off and then just the easy response it was a joke when you know if they weren't mad about it, then it wasn't a joke. You know, it just it's an easy like cop out. Companies answer. do weird stuff to to get clicks and traction and attention, and this is one of them. They're, yeah, they they were they, they were making headlines in like the Washington Post. I pulled an article up earlier, and I was like, wow, Washington Post is 
commenting on a gaming company going it's, on 8chan. <laughs> like, it's a what? big yikes. It's a big yikes for slow, sure. Slow news day. Man, co- companies, it, I got to say, like, the internet and social media are doing, like, weird-ass things to the way we interact with the companies that we yeah, that we ever, see. I mean, I believe there's so many transition moments right now with the way the internet is bringing people closer together than ever before. And we're literally seeing people thrive in these environments and then stumble and fall trying to do other things. Like, yeah. I mean, our game podcast regularly talks about the division, Destiny 2, Anthem, how they're evolving and communicating their games with the players that play their games in an active environment where they can change it and, and update it and roll it out. And are they doing this fast enough? Or, or are they doing this well enough? Or, oh, they fucked this up with Fallout 76. We're, like, we're in an environment where feedback is instant. It's instantaneous. There's no divide between when mm-hmm. they launch a game and when there's the feedback comes in. It's, it's, it's literally instant. There's one thing... KJ Lewis uh, used to say, and I love him to death for it. He used to say, every company needs that dude. That dude where you stop by his office and you go, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. And that dude just looks at the internet and goes, it's not a good idea. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend that at all whatsoever. And it's like game ideas. It's like when they, when they uh, just, some, uh, whoever was doing the the, uh, the weapon system for Bungie was like, Hey, I think for destiny two, I think we want to have static roles. And they looked at the internet was like, you don't want to do that. You don't, you you just don't trust me on this. This is what they pay me for. Uh, We're going to go with a hard no on that one. They're like, okay, all right, cool. I just need yourself a no guy. No, we don't want to. Most interestingly, um, we're at a place where like saying things on social media actually has repercussions for these people. Um, I'll give an example that's like not gaming related, but last week Elon Musk ran into some trouble because it was he didn't yeah. say anything controversial, but he like tweeted he's like, "Hey man, this year we're gonna produce over a thousand, hundred thousand Teslas," and like 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 I guess as a point of pride or like, "Hey, we're mm-hmm. ramping up production," and like the SEC, the the commission that like oversees like like trade and stocks and all that were like oh no 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 you can't say that because you're literally going to affect how the market treats your company yeah. and that was like a huge deal because and like and like he was like fined and sued for it and it's like you can't just like say anything you want as a company or as a person representing a company on the internet because the repercussions are real and everyone around yeah. you is is watching the the rules are I don't know them fully for what you can and can't say about a company, but I know like a CEO doesn't communicate like that for those reasons because of all the things you are knowledgeable of in your company and whatever you say might be influenced by your knowledge of your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, and then people can make investment decisions based on that. So that's why there's like the communications person, not Elon Musk on Twitter, but Elon Musk on Twitter is Elon Musk on Twitter. So, so. And I can almost guarantee that communications guy has himself a no person. <laughs> Let me read this tweet real quick. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not going to put, this you've heard of yes, man. Now meet the no, <laughs> the, man. That's the <laughs> no men across the board. I am oh, Phil Spencer. Man. I want to throw a Microsoft yeah. party after E3, maybe have some strippers there. Yeah. We're going to go with no on that one. There, <laughs> Phil. Uh, we're, oh, come we're not going to do that. Just for the sake well, of backlash, we're gonna get it's fucking wacky, dude. PSA to anyone out there in any kind of decision making capacity. Take two seconds. If you don't know the thing that that you're uh, ask somebody making a decision on, 
Wikipedia is at least going to give you hey, something that's halfway accurate. Do and what, then start start your search from there. Maybe do what that's us normies do. Okay, we just we Google it. We we normies we Google, Google things. Yeah, we hop on these uh these internet boxes and we see uh what's eight chan. <laughs> you don't even have to type it nowadays. You just <laughs> ask Alexa or what Siri is? and guarantee and it's going to pop up. These chicks will tell you. Yeah, they will. On they're your good. Device. That's what they're okay. best at. Um, you brought up Phil Spencer. <laughs> I did not Christ. put this on the news doc, but could I briefly bring up something that was has been rumored in the news? Uh, very sure, sure. I know you guys aren't prepared for this, and I'm very sorry. But there was a rumor this week that Xbox is planning on launching their Game Pass on the Nintendo Switch platform. Did you? Oh yeah. Did you guys hear about this? I have. Yeah. What are, yes. what are your thoughts of of Microsoft switching from? hey, we have a console with our games to we have our games and we're giving it to you in a Netflix-style service and you can play it. And it seems to me as though they're they're potentially moving to, like, play our games on any platform. Subscribe to us. Subscribe to Game Pass. What do you, what do you think about Xbox games being on, like, the Switch? Love it. Do it. More that, dope. That blows yes. my freaking oh. mind. It's like I would never have ever pictured can this. I play, can I play Halo on the Switch? I, I need to like, I need to see what kind of infrastructure they're going to be running this off of because sure. if it's cloud based gaming, wonderful. You just got to figure out your streaming setup in yeah. terms of your internet. But the only company that we know that has that is Sony for their PS Now. Yeah. So there's no real Google uh, Google's to, uh, testing, to public knowledge. Google's testing theirs. Google's testing yeah. theirs. To our public knowledge. Microsoft does not have that in place for Xbox in particular. I don't know of a game that's that's doing that, where mm. it's small storage and I'm streaming a majority of it through the internet. If that's true, one, or let's say that's false and they just throw it out there. One, storage capacities for Xbox games are going to be ridiculous. Two, are you telling me Sea of Thieves is going to run on the Switch? If it's being, what if it's Possibly. being streamed, I, though? If it's being streamed, absolutely. Do we know that detail of this? Do we know if it's going to be? We don't. We don't. It is to our knowledge. It is not public knowledge that Microsoft has has it. They were testing it with Crackdown three, but to our knowledge, Crackdown three is just downloaded. It's not being streamed as a game. Right. Right. So So we don't know if this infrastructure is in place. My my prediction is because this is all rumor right now. This is all just like they're like Microsoft is planning on launching their Xbox Live app on the Switch, which is a weird thing to happen. My prediction is is at E three this year we see Nintendo, or we see Nintendo come onto Microsoft stage and invite Mm. them to the Switch. Essentially, that is that is a get that is one of my E three predictions of this year. Um, and honestly, that would be freaking weird to me it's a big deal i mean it's a huge deal it is breaking down so many barriers and it's showing that microsoft is pivoting from like this hardware like making the hardware for your games and just making the games and the services for your games because well i mean i think any successful company has to sure you have to nowadays because people are going to want what you make but they're going to want to play it on a platform that's comfortable to them for well, whatever reason for let's, streaming let's pretend you're for developer. literal comfort like in bed sorry pretend you're yeah. a developer no, no, and you're, no, no. Yeah, and you're like it. okay i want to put my game on the xbox game pass and i know iphones can use it and androids and my xboxes and my windows machines and my nintendo switch my game is mm-hmm. going to be on all these platforms that does seem like a plus to anyone making games 
Can I ask a quick question before uh, we transition? We are. Yes. Go ahead. Um, The quick question is, is this a potential response to Microsoft seemingly losing the hardware battle with Sony by trying to get ahead of the game with its accessibility on different software platforms? I I think so. Mm. Uh, Well, I think it's I think it's a it's a response to Xbox kind of being like squeezed out of the uh, of the leader position. And it's it's a response to them not having a whole lot of games recently. Like, and Crackdown wasn't a major hit. That did not land with a huge splash, you know? Because that's the only thing I can think of, is that think the Xbox it, yeah. One X came out, and the PS4 Pro is still the highest-selling console on the market. I think Sony's very comfortable in its place right now because they've been releasing games with... Their studios have been putting out pretty much... A plus quality games. God of War last yeah. week took away all these GDC awards. Like they stole yeah. a show. Like Sony's like, so yeah, that's the only thing good. I can think of yeah. is that Microsoft would then say, rather than making being keeping the industry individualized, we will be the company. Yeah. That that leads the industry into a more synchronized play by taking Game Pass and taking Xbox. And putting it on every platform imaginable, from a mobile device to a Nintendo Switch, which, by the way, the Nintendo Switch doesn't even have its own native chat. you got to use a third-party application for it. Now you're telling me the Xbox app is going to be on there and I could chat on Xbox on that platform? Rumor and speculation, like, but yes. <laughs> rumor speculation, but uh, I mean, assume that that's the case. That's crazy. I think so, they're I, setting themselves up to be the leaders next for the next generation. For whatever the next... If it is software-related. If correct. it's software-related, yeah. I don't think this was done in, in any one thing as a response, but I think this has been part of their plan to attempt to take that crown from Sony because Sony's good at what they do, but they don't go outside of their lane. Mm-hmm. They're really good in their lane. So Microsoft is going to say, well, we'll attack in that lane. And they signaled that during E3 when they're like, look at all these developers that are now first party developers, a very similar thing to what Sony does. Um, I bet this project, if it exists, is started the same time that was started, you know, as like a, just a multi-channel attack at like openness and inclusion that Sony has been signaling that they're walled off to like going as far back as like Fortnite last year, locking your account onto the PS4. If you signed in there, you know, and like the whole crossplay debacle and still can't even change your username, even though it's like in beta to some people at this point, maybe possibly like, yeah, they're, they're in their lane and they're not adjusting. And Microsoft, Believe from it. its Windows history, like they just have so much more experience with multiple platforms, with with writing software that can run on these platforms, that can handle these different services. Their Windows Store, which is now the Xbox Store, they've been rebranding all of these things and working towards this like experience. You know, like I wouldn't be surprised if Mixer became like Xbox Live. You know, right. like re- a rebranding of of another service, to put everything under one like umbrella of content that's microsoft xbox branded that seems very possible true that, that yeah. honestly looks at the, to be the direction they are going for Absolutely. sure well all right do you want to get into the to the next piece of news thanks for thanks for humoring me there on that uh, oh, for piece sure. of news because sure. that was Absolutely. a very that was very interesting to like listen no it, it's it's a little like yeah a little nugget of like oh is that gonna be a thing i would i would fucking love it's it it's gonna Absolutely. define the future and i think i think that is very worthwhile talking about mm-hmm. a little bit um, so do you want to jump right into Nintendo? Is that where we are yeah, now? Yeah, we had a big week. Yeah. Awesome. All right, yeah. you, want, you want to start with uh, 
What do you want to start with? Reggie? I'm start with Reggie. Start with Reggie. Start with yeah. Um, Reggie yeah. deserves the time. That mm-hmm. news came out of nowhere that he was retiring. Um, many memes were had of bodies not being ready, and mm-hmm. it was a fu- it was fun. It was honestly like I think the love for Reggie and the amount the amount of positivity Reggie has put into the industry has been overall really good and like it's going to be missed honestly oh for sure and Uh, for people out there that don't know who we refer to as reggie if you're not uh, a nintendo fan or don't really know the people behind the scenes a lot reggie and i'm going to probably butcher his very french last name phil's aim i believe is how you you say this fizeme or fizeme that actually makes more sense i don't know how to say different language words and i'm trying every day of my life but reggie is the uh ceo of nintendo of america and he's been running the company running the show being the guy at all the announcements and events, it's fifteen years, yeah. very recognizable dude in the Nintendo space. Um, Do you know what that he's my saying? body is my body is ready? Meme came from like the uh, the the we fit like yeah. reveal. Yeah, like that that, that um, picture of his like face. Was just like yeah, <laughs> um, and like he rolled with it, and he even put out a nice little like goodbye video and and referenced that body is ready thing, and that was very sad. And do you and remember what he said goodbye. when he first came on stage? Like like when he first like announced himself as like the president of no. Nintendo America, he came on stage and he was like, "My name is Reggie. I'm here to kick ass and take names and make video games." And then everyone went, Wah! "It was a mm-hmm. it was a great moment. It was a great moment. Not a bad first moment. Yeah, he's being replaced as CEO of Nintendo of America by a gentleman by the name of Doug Bowser. Wow. What are the what are the odds? Bowser Roll being the dice on the, those uh, the big bad of every Mario game ever. I yeah. can't believe it. It's it's is is that iron? Is this irony? Is this irony? I, I mean, to I'm surprised extent. I didn't know Doug Bowser existed before this moment because he wasn't like he's not like mailroom to CEO. Like he was like no. head of another very large department. I yeah, he was like mar- yeah. he was like marketing before this, I believe. Yeah, something like that. I'm um, sure Doug, Doug never got through a day. He's like, hey, uh, like, hey, oh my Bowser. God, it's Bowser, and he's like, Jesus oh, yeah. Christ, yes, <laughs> yeah. Now and you have to, can you leave me alone? Thank you. Know? Yeah, totally. You have to, you have to own it. It's, it's. Yeah, now honestly, it's to. great. Yeah. I, I love that a guy named Bowser is running a Nintendo of America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so fantastic. That's what he wanted all along. He just wanted to That's take what care. What he wanted, yeah. He was just biding his time. He's like, don't worry. But yeah, we'll definitely wait, wait miss Reggie. Comes as a force in the uh, in the industry. Uh, Reggie Reggie did something amazing for nintendo which was he if nintendo was popular uh nintendo became i don't want to say mainstream popular but nintendo's smallest projects became the biggest things with reggie on stage Mm. right reggie is the only person who could be like let me show you pikmin 3 and, have and be like people real fucking stoked about it. Really, exactly. Really excited about it. And in my opinion, like Reggie is kind of the originator of what what I began to see from like E3 last year. Say what you will about the games that were announced. But one of my highlights, as much as I dislike Battlefront 2, is EA putting the lead actress, Janina Gavankar, on stage because they started to realize the people who need to be out front are the people who are the most passionate. Mm-hmm. when they put uh the one dude out there for a way out and he spoke like crazy at the conference uh and it was very passionate yeah, and, and there was this guy, realization yeah, yeah f- like phil spencer eventually realized i can't be the only person talking at this conference like it, 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 i i cannot put out the same energy that reggie puts out just talking about nintendo 
anything. Like, that was anything. Nintendo yeah. anything. This dude was there. He was present. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, I, I don't know his name, but the dude who comes out in the PlayStation conference uh, yeah, every year. Yeah. Who thinks that like sure. they could do the most ridiculous thing at a conference and he thinks it's the hottest shit possible where he's like, we have a wind chime concerto <laughs> about to play to the last of us part two enjoy it and like it's just we uh, fans it's no longer for investors anymore mm. like it's for fans now and i think reggie was the first person to figure that out to go this is for the fans and i need to match that like so. two smash brothers ago do you remember they did a nintendo direct and it was like it was reggie and it was i i want to say Miyamoto or one of mm -hmm. it was Shigeru Miyamoto right and they did uh -huh. this whole like skit of them like fighting each other like they were in like an anime it was yeah. like this crazy it was this like crazy thing like it was a, it was this That's weird funny. ass skit that, that these two like find this video these two like it's CEOs really were doing and they, it looked like they were fighting but it was like it was like an ad for Smash Brothers it was like them introducing Smash Brothers oh, uh, yeah for it's really good we or Wii U I want to say it's really good. You should definitely go look it up because it's hilarious. But like, I remember that Wii U like announcement lineup, and I distinctly remember Reggie talking about like almost every game that was there, and he was genuinely excited about. It. And that's why that I I'm hoping that there that that passion stays there because that's what made Nintendo stand out for me was not the games of the games of the games. That's that makes no difference to me. The but people. I I believe what I see on the screen when the person is there. I don't uh, people I I have fallen for so many watchdogs. It's ridiculous. Hmm. And that looks amazing. That is not the same by the time I get it. So the thing I listen for is the person, not the game. Uh, and Reggie uh, it always confidently put it out there like this is why you want to play that. OK, cool. I'm there. Let's go. Yeah. You got it, dude. So. Hell yeah. Well, we'll miss you, Reggie. Yeah. Um, well. On to greener pastures. And welcome, Bowser, our new overlord. <laughs> I wish I had, like... like Ugh, I just laugh. got chills. His laugh, like, on ooh, sound. Ooh, Specifically ooh, the ooh. one from, from, <laughs> the one from Mario 64. 64 yeah. The 64. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I had that ready to go. Well, the Nintendo yeah, um, train has not stopped. It's not no. stopped. We had another direct. This morning? It was two weeks after the last two weeks after the last direct. This morning. This right? morning. As of recording yeah, this? This morning. Nine AM Eastern time. Nine AM. A Pokemon focused direct they advertised. And the Pokemon guys, Direct. What do you what do you we think? We got we got what the Nintendo fans wanted, which is a full mainline RPG entry for it, the Switch. For a console. For, for a new console. My God. What Pokemon do you think? Sword, Pokemon Shield is what's coming out. No release date yet. But it is the eighth generation of Pokemon. It's a yeah. whole new region. It's it. It's it. Ganar, the G next wave. Galar. They call definitely it, a G. Yeah, definitely it was like G. Galar. Um, so this is definitely their like holiday game. This is most definitely the game they're gonna. We're gonna see the city three. We'll probably see. Region, yeah. We'll see combat. Mm -hmm. We'll see different Pokemon that are gonna be featured. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. for sure at E three, and this will be like your winter game this year. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They didn't show a lot of like your gameplay mechanics or yeah. your loops they showed they showed a lot of like in-game animation like small snippets you had this like like fast moving fire bunny rabbit kind of thing and then they uh had a little i liked a little, little fire water. feet prints he left he left fire footprints in the grass yeah, yeah. 
little little water dude in the fountain spitting I, out water. And I then... thought I thought there was someone like peeing on the fire. Foot feet prints. That's okay. what it looks yeah, like. It was a little like, weird. Spit water out. It was just water. It was just like yeah, a little, like... little water stream. And I'm like, what is yeah. Nintendo? What are you doing? What is going on? Uh, yeah, but that was Score Bunny, the fire type. And then you had a little little water dude, Sobel. And then you had Grookey, which is a grass monkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I loved all the memes today of people like posting the memes on these uh, these starters. The the meme work was so fast and it was wow. absolutely out of control. There was not, not only like the Pokemon jokes that were immediately out there, but like um, the games themselves, like we said, are called uh, Sword and Shield. And it was red and blue. Someone took the color green and made Pokemon Gun <laughs> as like the next <laughs> game that's going to combine the Pokemon generation. It's like, the, like yel- the yellow version of of this. Yeah. These games. Wh- yeah. Whoever did this meme was yeah. actually pretty dope at it, dude. Like, you know how like the sword one has like the slash through it and the shield one is like yeah. blocky letters like spikes, the, yeah, coming out. fake gun game had like bullet holes in the word gun in green oh it was my like god it was really well done in a very aggressive take of pokemon by uh game freak <laughs> <laughs> they've yeah. announced pokemon gun gun <laughs> yeah but i'm i'm uh, excited dude i'm i'm really excited about this game is this something that has your interest because i remember back yeah, when i like I, yeah I'm, day one it. i'm gonna be playing it 100 percent yeah, because I remember you playing Pokemon on 3DS. You were like, there was like a moment played, you were like, yeah, Pokemon, dude. I've played every Pokemon except for, I think, Black and White I didn't play. Mm. See, it's funny. I I've, played those, just not the ones surrounding Black and White. Oh, really? Yeah. I've only completed uh, the originals. I've only beat Red, and I've only beat Gold. I beat those two completely, but I haven't finished any of the other ones uh, in between. Even Sun, like Sun and Moon was the most recent official entry, and that was on the 3DS. That was, like, on the Hawaii-ish kind of island. Hmm. Haven't finished that. Yeah, um, I... The only... I beat red, yellow, uh, gold, uh, I think black, and then all the way over to sun. Like, I didn't play ruby and sapphire. I didn't play anything in that huge gap between I didn't them. do ruby, sapphire. I did... Didn't do black and white. I did... Why? I didn't do X and Y. I did a little Y. But yeah. Yeah. Didn't do X and Y. Um, in, in this drawer nah, behind I'm, me here is my Game Boy drawer where I keep my, my Game Boy color. Here, wait. I'm just going to I'm going to pull it out real quick for you guys. OK. All right. Ugh. Cool. Ugh. Let me show you my yeah. Pokemans. It's gross. People that are listening at home later, you guys are you guys are much safer here. Yeah. Things are being Twitch pulled out. Mixer, I'm sorry. Ugh. Yeah. Gonna pull it out of here. But yeah, it's it's weird how like consistently I've played these games over the course of my life. Yellow, I, like good, and enjoyed good. it. Thank yeah. you. The two, one that belongs. In that. Two mm-hmm. Game Boy Advances, and I got the link. Th- that, those are those are the Game Boy Advance SPs. The SPs, yeah, yeah. Little, little um, squares, yeah. I have a oh my Game Boy Color is in here. Oh, that's right. In this nice case here, where I keep my Pokemon Blue. Game with the clear part oh, and it's the, in the that case plus that is the that's the game boy color i mean i yeah. i love this thing so much there's no other game boy color to have it's just that one. so that's where i come from back in back in my day back in my day sorry i didn't yeah, mean dude, to like yeah. sideline the uh, whole th- i'm excited well now that I, you did though here here we are they have an image <laughs> of the galar region yeah um, they do. yeah uh in uh in the article that was posted and I, I'm just gonna put it out. I don't know if this is intentional mm-hmm. in terms of the switch. Oh, 
But there's a very similar design point that Nintendo's doing. Don't say it. It started with Odyssey. Okay. It started with Odyssey in terms of like the attention to detail to not just the characters anymore and not just the worlds in a 2D space, but in a 3D space. It's like a full embrace of the 3D space. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see, but like watching the trailer, I was like, this is giving me some Odyssey vibes a bit in terms of how it's being presented and how it looks. So what were you going to say? Yeah. Uh, for, for one thing, the region, you know what that the region reminded me heavily of just the way uh-huh. it, it looked at and how it was laid out. It looked a lot like Westeros to me. Weird, weirdly oh, enough, like, this like this vertical Island, very long. Yes, yes. You have like your sand mm-hmm. areas and then in the North is, is the snow area. And then you have like the middle ground, which is very grassy and different, different kind of biomes. And in, in that respect, well, it's really odd. They have the snow area in the middle. Like they, they have a city all the way to the, it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unless the city's supposed to be on top of this mountain. Like if, like a like a mountainous. Oh, I guess city, so. Yeah, it's, if it's a, like a mountainous region. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Diamond, on what you were saying about the way they were presenting the world in an Odyssey-like faction, the the one thing that like note that I noticed the most was um, the way the characters are moving along the world. So like you'll you saw that the female main character run down the that like little hill from I guess we could assume is her house. I guess you, you could say. Yeah. And it was just like they're not they're not just on this grid based format anymore. They're not working in that top down world. I remember black and white kind of changed it up with different camera angles and it did different things and yeah. played with it that way. But at the same time, now we're looking at like an actual realized 3D version, possibly. And honestly, it looks good to me. Yeah, everything. It does look good. It it doesn't look too much different, like design wise than uh, Sun and Moon. It looks like very well polished and expanded on in that that general vibe. But it still looks like that is going to be how you experience the game in this kind of isometric view in the 3D 3D world. I see. We're not also. I don't think it's a bad thing. I see we're also continuing the trend of uh, main characters with really ridiculous carrying cases. Uh, this this <laughs> dude put on a ginormous backpack. Mm-hmm. Like, that looks uncomfortable. That's some like real hiking shit right there. Like with yeah. the, with the Norman frame, Reedus you know, is jealous. Like of what? Ten year old kids walking around the entire world. You got to have a backpack that <laughs> can hold. Shit, dude. Look, we like want our games to be type real, shit. more realistic. We have to reflect reality. That They're carrying giant everything backpack. What if there it. was like a Pokemon survival game, like actually playing on the Stop. fact that you are a kid who has run away from home and you have to sleep in the goddamn forest and there might be some shit out there that's going to kill you. Dudes have talked about hungry? like Pokemon you, BR. You have you born? heard about this? No. Go on. Have you heard about Pokemon BR? They've been saying that they want to do a multiplayer game that drops people at different sections of the map. And you get, I think they said, uh, thirty pokeballs. And you got to catch and, and, just, and make your you team just and go then battle. And you make your team and you end up at the center and you you battle. Wow, <laughs> that sounds and I was like, dope, dude. I'm that sounds that. dope as hell. I'm just saying. You'd get experience from beating other people with less exactly. good Pokemon. And that would allow you, you to catch make stronger a stronger Pokemon. Yeah. So it sounds dope. That's a little crazy, but it sounds dope. Cool. No, I'm excited I, for it. I think it's I have, I'm I'm really, really excited for it. And Pokemon is what it is. Now, there's already people that are upset about this announcement. Of course, it's the internet. People are going to react huh. to things on the internet. Um, but a lot of people, for some reason, had this perception or perception this is going to be some like massive paradigm shift. Like Breath of the Wild. In, in Pokemon. And that's exactly like the reference point that that 
the immediate naysayers are using. But this has never, ever been a thing that Game, Game Freak or Nintendo Freak, yeah. has said is going to happen. They've never, about, they haven't strayed from their formula in years. No. No. That's your question? Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely, please. And if they did? What? What would Breath happen? Breath of the Wild was amazing. What is? Oh no! It wouldn't <laughs> that's, be awful to see them straight no, from their that's formula. That's kind of a, like to the naysayers. Like I don't know if Breath of the Wild is the example you want to use because mm. Breath of the Wild was fantastic. It was like it was but amazing. It it, it are, was amazing. Are you but, saying that like that would work more in their favor, wouldn't it? Because of, theoretically, like a Breath of the Wild style reinvigoration of the franchise would be amazing and something that they need or like no i'm just saying if if for, to to naysayers who who do not like the concept of a pokemon game or a or a zelda game changing things mm-hmm. my question would be this if if you were okay with things not changing why didn't you why did did so many people dislike skyward sword if you were okay with the with the status quo, Zelda has had many different iterations of itself. Mm-hmm. Wind, exactly. Ra- Wind Raker got a, a weird reception, and now people yeah. are having like weird memories about loving it because it yeah. got it got a lot of shit when it came out, and now people yeah. are like, "Oh, it's like the and now dudes are like, like, yeah, Wind Waker's well, amazing. Wind Waker's like, my really? jam. Come on, yeah, it got shit because you were, they dropped that, like, that tech demo where Link fought Ganon on GameCube hardware running on yeah. on." on that cutscene, and everyone's like, well, this is the next Zelda. And then they didn't get that for the next Zelda. And they were real upset about it again. No promise was made though. And game freak has never said with this generation on the switch that we're we're changing. They said nothing. And they just said, Hey, guess what guys, here is the next Pokemon for the switch. And it it is what it is. The most any Pokemon game has angered me is the fact that I have not gotten an announcer in any of my Coliseum battles from Pokemon (laughs) Stadium. That's the most I've been angry at a Pokemon game. And I, kind of wanted in this one because it's so good. You just made me think like, like, do you think this is going to be voice acted? But it's probably not going to be voice acted. That's a little too much for like a Nintendo. Am I remembering correctly? But I think Sun and Moon had some voice line. Not everything. Major moments. I don't know. I didn't. But I I might be misremembering that. I played it when it came out and that's it. Yeah. I played it for like a couple weeks on launch period and i haven't touched it since so i could be but that's the thing like, really fucking wrong about do you think that. it's safe to assume that they're not going to deviate from their normal like eight badge formula no. el- fight the elite no. four not kind of not kind of thing have a rival um i think yeah like i don't think they need to necessarily like they know their market they know who buys their games and they're always like wildly successful so you think just all all we need as as pokemon players is give us an updated art style slash graphics for the switch to reflect the hardware you're playing on and give us more Pokemon to catch in different areas. Yeah, to I, don't, I don't know if you could simplify this. What is the, a, a 3d Pokemon game is at the top of the list of what people have been asking for, for years. Mm-hmm. And now we're seemingly getting it. Now I'm, I'm not saying you don't have to change anything, right? What I'm saying is it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't, because this is this is the the top of the list of things you are now bringing to the community. Mm-hmm. So if you do change something, you're already going against the grain of saying of of the expectation that comes with this kind of product and what people have been waiting for, right? Uh, so it's it's like it, 
I'm trying to think of something that equates to it, but there isn't a lot like Halo 2 when the first Halo came out and people loved it. You've now set a standard of what people are mm-hmm. hoping for when the next iteration comes out. This is the thing that's been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. And now it's here. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they did stick with what they knew or stuck with what they knew because there, it, there's already enough expectation that comes with this game to begin with. Yeah. I think most of the uh, most of the changes are going to be in the visual creativity of it, which which Very I think is like great. Very much yeah, like I mean, Sun and Moon, where they just went on their way with the 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 art style and the visualization uh, that correlated with like Hawaii and things of that nature. That's going to be where they doubled out. Speaking of which, yeah. you you mentioned that uh, this this area is supposed to be like a very Irish Celtic kind of area, like a very UK yeah. region. Did you guys happen to see all the memes that came out with like the trainers that they showed doing like yeah, doing like, like the Irish uh like the cheeky like, Irish girl? Like British yeah, like British slang about uh fighting each other and shit like that. Oh, it's that's really my fun. that's my favorite. Yeah. I'm sorry, Trev. You were you were gonna say something like No, but I just I don't think I don't think Game Freak and Pokemon is ever gonna deliver what what the people that are most upset about want, which is a Breath of the Wild Pokemon, a Skyrim yeah, Pokemon. I don't think that's even We're not going to... It'd be a cool concept for sure. We're not going to get it because here's the thing. Everyone that wants that version of the game are people our age who played Red and Blue and they're like, well, you know, it's been 20 years of this shit. I love something new. But the people that are buying this game on the whole are 10-year-olds still who are mm. like, this is fucking great. I can run around and catch Pokemon and I'm fine. They got their TV shows. They got the toys. They got all this other shit. They're fine, dude. Yeah. They're fine. See, I they think put, that's they put why out a good I, I, solid product. I think that's why Let's Go Pikachu exists. Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee is that entry level. It is for mm-hmm. that younger generation. Mm-hmm. I think a majority of people who are buying this game are the hardcore people that didn't buy Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, or the hardcore amount of people that pl- that bought it, played it, and went, "All right, now I'm ready for." grown-up pokemon right. which is an oxymoron right. but right. whatever I, I played the let's you know. go pikachu demo that came out from the direct last week they dropped yeah. the demo um i thought it was cool they they let you play in the first forest the viridian forest area um yeah but after playing it i'm like this isn't really what i want out of yeah. this it's game pokemon light yeah you're just it's fun you're it's throwing pokemon a wild you're, you're it's it's just so watered down to I, I mean, if I had a kid, let's just say it this way. If I had a kid right now and I'm like, this is the game that I used to play with my friends in the lunchroom in school, like with our Game Boys, with link cables, and I want to share it with you and we can have fun together. This is the Let's Go is definitely that game. That's the it's game that I game. can I can mm-hmm. share. Um, and it's and they can hold the controller and play it with one hand. The game is yeah. meant to be played with one hand. Um, which is Let, let's go. It, let's go was specifically positioned for anyone who was initially subject to Pokemon through Pokemon go mm-hmm. through. This is your first foray into this world. And we want to give you something more. And now guess what? Here is something more outside of that. The caveat with that is that it also incorporates this entire generation of players that have been waiting for that next ex- extremes, not the word, but that next fully polished and 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 flourished pokemon and this is it the full rpg yeah yeah not the baby's baby's first rpg (laughs) so you have you have both those options now on the switch this is peppa pig's first rpg yeah this is i mean we can always hope and dream maybe next time there's going to be 
some other evolution of this. But who Pokemon knows? Like, VR, just saying. I would again. I would love this imaginary thing and style of game to exist, but I'm not going to allow myself to be upset about something that doesn't need to exist and probably won't and was never promised to us yeah. in the first place for this generation. I'm excited to play this shit on the Switch. That's I think the, really the, just it. the best part is is it's a handheld and I can plug it into my TV instantly. So instant sure. Super Game. Remember Super Game Boy? Yeah. SNES. Oh, yeah. Instant yeah. Super Game Boy vibes. Now I can take my cartridge yeah. with me on my TV and on my handheld. Yeah. It's beautiful. Look, anyone who is frustrated about this, trust me when I say go over to 8chan. There are plenty of discussion forums uh, that talk about this that you can feel comfortable <laughs> with where you are. They, 8chan's the place to be. Please for not anyone who. They take Asia. criticism very seriously. They take criticism, yeah, very seriously. You know. Oh god. Well, damn Pokemon guys. Don't go to HM. <laughs> Don't go to HM. <laughs> You've been warned. Don't do it. Oh man. All right. So what do you th- what do you what are you thinking? You thinking a little anthem talk or I think no, no, no. no. We've already we're we're coming up on like an hour and a half, I think, too. Yeah. We went we went in on some of these way. things. After a hundred hours, game's got problems. We'll see what the first patch has. But that's Amen. pretty much it. that's we're all, we're living with it. Can, I'm trying make, with it. Myself. I was ready to take my shirt off and one, just start going like anthem. <laughs> can I make one quick statement? Go ahead. You can. I do not blame Bioware a bit for anthem, and you want to know why? Go ahead. Because EA has not tweeted a single thing about anthem in six days. But uh, have they tweeted that about Apex? Great. But they tweeted about Apex. All right, just checking. But anthem has not been tweeted about at all from EA, which tells me. This this was on this was Bioware's project on EA's timeline. They pushed it out there. It was not finished, and now Bioware is sitting here trying to make the most out of a situation. And I f- I feel for the guys and gals there because now the perception is they got two games that don't work back to back, and it's going to impact them as a company. Yeah. You got people at EA over there that are telling them take this uncooked product and release it a year early. It it does seem like it was released a year early, mm-hmm. uh, just a little bit, maybe holiday. Maybe it's they could have gotten the worst. Like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't hold anything against those guys and gals at Bioware who put this project together because they are they are they are trying to 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 make the most out of this situation, and it's becoming more and more apparent whose timeline it was on. Mm-hmm. I'll give them this: there is a polished game in there. It's there somewhere. It's, it's there. It's totally doable, and I, I feel like it's going to be the same No Man's Sky story. Next year, we're going to see articles that will say, hey, guys, Anthem is great now. Yeah. Now is the best time to come back and play it. Um, I have no doubt that's going to happen, but at this point in time for them to ask, go, come buy our game, and you're going to have a great experience. And that is not what is currently, in my opinion, being delivered is kind of a shitty thing to do to your fans and to the people that have grown up loving you guys from the KOTOR days all the way up till now. So that, that is, that's, that is my personal position on what is happening. Um, Can I position a side thing to that? Go ahead. Is it at any shape or form sad because it is also a byproduct of a company having to position their product to sell it to survive? Positioning in like what way? So saying Anthem is great. We we want our players to experience this game because we think it's amazing. Is a is a byproduct or the dialogue is a byproduct 
of a game to your point, which is true. That is not exactly what is being positioned, but the feeling is that they need to position it that way to sell the copies to survive because of what happened with Andromeda. I'd be interested to see if there is any pressure from EA for this to succeed sales wise. And if that is trickling down to the company and forcing them to go, Anthem is amazing because no company is going to go out there and go, Hey, Anthem's not exactly where it is right now. Uh, uh, the first week of an expect solid sale. So there are two things I want to address with what you just remember, asked. Sorry. What we said I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Trent. There are two things. The first yeah. thing is, is it's been reported that sales are down, but yes. I do not think that's the full picture because of EA's early subscription services and gotcha. there are different forms that you can buy the game. So I don't think the sales numbers are reflective of that. I think EA will be looking at their subscription numbers and they'll be looking at the, as well as the digital and physical release sales, right? Cause they have their access, the origin access and their mm-hmm. uh, Xbox program that their early access yeah, program. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that. I don't think the sales are going to tell the complete picture. EA knows what they're making on it to, based on their subscriptions as well. The second thing is, from what I understand, um, I read that I, I forgot somebody named like GamesIndustry.biz, um, who do a lot of business reporting, so, uh, business side reporting, and apparently EA positioned this to Bioware as we're going to release it now in the state that it's in, and then we do they do the thing where they go, hey, this is what we're promising down the line. So you get it out there, you expect to take the hit in the reviews and the Metacritic. So the security is not the concern. Okay. Right. So like, like EA, I, I believe EA was ready to take this hit on Metacritic scores because they look at those. They, they really they really do use those. Those determine like bonuses for developers. 40 that, through 60. A lot of companies do. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's serious. And this time around, they were like, look, we're going to take the hit. We know we're going to take the hit, but we want to get this thing out there and we want, we want to start evolving it with the community, if that makes sense. Hmm, interesting. So that is that is. I can understand it. It's yeah. you have two live service games on the market. They would much rather challenge it in the long run instead of continuing to promise without something out on the market. So yeah, but like but like Miyamoto used to say, <sighs> like you release a bad game, it's forever thought of as bad. Like that's just that is seemingly the well. Okay. Yeah. Anthem talk done. Anthem talk. Hopefully it gets better. It's, right now it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, I didn't not want to have the conversation. Sure. I want to have full on conversation. And this is like the Cliff like, Notes version. Yeah, I don't want to horseshoe it into a tiny little box and not unpack a lot of points. But this will give us more time to see how it goes in the next coming week or weeks. We'll plan something. We'll we'll dive in to see how it goes because we can't. This is just an evolving story, an evolving picture. You know, like they've done some things that are great as the next game down the line of live service. And they've, they've made sometimes the same mistake that's been made four times previously. And you're like, why the fuck is this even a thing? So like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's what happens, man. The world that we live in live service. I don't get it, but it's, I mean, to to watch them make like the same mistakes destiny has made and the same mistakes Diablo has made. And it's weird. It's weird that it's like going through deja vu all over again with a lot of these these types of games. We've 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 went through deja vu with a lot of games yeah. in this service genre, and that's what blows my mind. Is like the companies are just okay putting it out there with the promise of it getting better. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that this is a repackaged version of 
like Steam early ac- access that people were okay with for the longest it's, time. It's free, uh, free QA. Yeah, from all the millions of people that play the game because yeah, we can have great ideas and feedback and in forums that they can implement and make their game the best version of their yeah. game, so they can put it out there and we'll spend money we on can it. Get and- people to spend sixty bucks on it early. Hmm. And help us make it better. Then when it's better, they will tell their friends how good it is. And it'll bring a new influx of players. Adding more longevity to what is different than if a game like Bioshock came out now. And we'd pay 60 bucks for it. We'd play it. We'd beat it. And then we'd put it away for two years. Mm-hmm. So we decided to play it. So. But we'll let it live a little bit more. We'll see how it goes. See what they change. Because I'm sure, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot in the future. They do have an aggressive schedule of not only new content, but like patched content. every month so every month you're getting a new schedule or so new like, stuff they, at least they're taking a lesson again we can use destiny destiny put out their game in 2014 did nothing for their game dropped the dark below and that's kind of it i don't even know if there were any hot patches around that time there might have been like one or two but like there was no yeah community interaction there was no this week at bungie None There's of that. So they're already uh, Bioware Anthem are already steps, leaps and bounds ahead of them in terms of like listening to the community and actively yeah. working from there. So, well, well there's a there's a wide gap between where it started and where the standard is now, and companies can fall anywhere in between mm-hmm. with their stuff. So, what can you do? For sure. For now, though, we've. We've taken up a lot of our listeners' time. We appreciate you guys being here. As always, we're going to end it for the night. That was our show. Thank you so much for being here. We are the Emerging Gamer, brought to you by the OG Podcast Network, episode 201. I am Trip Zero. You can find me on Mixer, mixer.com slash TV. And best place to be outside of Mixer is on Twitter. That's also TV. Very easy to find. All my socials are the same thing. Um, I stream... Every day during the week, I'm in kind of like a transition period, trying to figure out what to do, what to play. Might be Final Fantasy IX. Will for sure be Joker's Wild next week when Destiny 2 drops yeah. its update for its next season. Um, but yeah, pop on Mixer, pop on Twitter, see what we're doing. Cool. Hell yeah. This is Neo Yoshi. You can follow me at Neo underscore Yoshi on Twitter. Uh, Neo Yoshi on Twitch. I will be streaming more Division. This weekend, I will be streaming Division 2. Uh, it should be a good time. The, uh, the uh, next beta is coming out. Um, and you get a whole bunch of goodies for playing it. So doing those missions gets you stuff for the game. So I'm doing it. Um, cool. And uh, Diamond, where can we find you? Thanks for joining us again. Yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me uh, twitch.tv, mixer.com, forward slash Diamond Jab, as Felix would say. It's a Mitch. I Mitch call it the Twixer just so that I'm not. Oh, you do, you do Twixer? I do the Twixer. Nice. I like oh, that, wow. dude. Uh, it's like Vegito uh, Gogeta it, situation. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. We don't want to quite match, but they're arguably the same. Um uh but I stream uh Monday through Friday. Typically I start around seven to eight PM uh, and I go until midnight or one AM is typically the time. The time's been all over the place because I've had so many days off this week. Uh but once I get back to work, that'll be the regular schedule. Um, uh, I'm going to be playing, I played Dragon Quest 11 today. I'm going to be playing that tomorrow and then I'll be doing the division open beta on Friday. Uh, and then same, uh, I'll continue Dragon Quest 11, but then, uh, same as trip. We'll be playing uh, Joker's Wild when that drops on Tuesday. That'll For be our sure. live service game. Uh, I've decided I'm going to do most of my live service time off stream and then choose a live service game on Tuesday that I will actually stream. 
uh, depending on what the crew is playing, depending on kind of where where the, the game is at the moment. So I imagine it's going to be Joker's Wild for the foreseeable future. It'll then be Division uh, when that drops, and then we'll see kind of where Anthem is when we get to the first up, uh, major update uh, in March when they drop the the um, the free play events and, and the chests at the end of Strongholds, and hopefully there's a loot update here in the next day or so. Uh, so we'll see kind of how it goes. But uh, yeah, twitch.tv, mixer.com, forward slash Dime Jab, Twitter, Instagram, at Dime Jab. Cool, dudes. Great talks. And uh, we'll see all our you listeners out there next week. See you. See, ya. see you next time. <sighs> You're obviously recording already, Neo. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I am. Oh, yes. Again, <laughs> the vape cloud. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're ready. We're ready. <clears throat> <Okay>. <clears throat> Here we go. Can you guys hear that plane? It sounds insanely loud to me. I did not hear that plane.